Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on v Oh, it's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside of the v studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is Follow the Money, presented by DraftKings, hanging out with you guys on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe, Mike Palm, VP of Operations here at the Circle Resort and Casino, filling in for Mitch and Polly. They'll be back on Wednesday enjoying some much-needed time off here uh, post-Super Bowl. But how are we doing, Mike Palm? President's Day is here. It's a big weekend here. in Vegas. A lot of folks walking in this morning, still lively out there at, yeah. the, at the casino tables. Yeah, the music is nice and high at 3 a.m. when we... <laughs> Walk in and wake anybody up that wasn't already. I was uh, going to say, you guys introduced me with some Kanye West here this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Femi, nice to join you again. It's been, what, 36 hours since we saw each other on Saturday <laughs> afternoon. Um, it's exciting, though. You get Daytona today. We've got a nice 10-game uh, NHL slate starting at 9.30 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, 12.30 on the East Coast, and it uh, should be fun. Yeah, so it should be fun. I know you're cooking up some parlays. You were doing some research yeah. before the shows. Yeah, I've got to put put a put an NHL parlay together here today. Go. We'll start off with a pretty big favorite in Edmonton on the road, in Arizona. Coyotes have lost nine in a row, and they're starting a goaltender making his first NHL start. He made four saves in relief in one game. Skinner and net for Edmonton. So we're going to build a parlay around the Oilers today. All right. We'll make sure we'll give out the full yep. parlay before we. Uh, wrap things up here over these three hours. We're going to have a whole lot of fun, though, on these three hours on this President's Day. Hopefully, uh, all of you out there are enjoying some much-needed time off uh, as we hopefully can entertain you guys on this morning here. 
an hour from now, Josh Applebaum, betting analyst for VEASAN and DraftKings, host of the Morning Insights podcast. He'll be joining us an hour from now, give out some college basketball plays. We do have a, not a big college basketball card, a little condensed one, but we'll have some plays nonetheless. Then also in hour number two, Stephen Young, you mentioned Daytona. Well, Stephen Young, the host of Roto-Grinders Morning Grind podcast, will join us as we break down the Daytona 500, which was postponed until today due to all the rain yesterday in Daytona. Sounds like it's still raining in Daytona, but hopefully they're able to get the race in today here. The Great American Race, uh, a lot of people are always interested in that there, where we had a guest on on Saturday who liked Kyle Busch there to win his first Daytona 500. We'll see who uh, Stephen Young likes later on in our number two. But we got to begin with what we saw last night in the NBA All-Star Game, at least half of what I saw last night. This followed the money. It's an early wake-up call. I had to get to sleep at halftime. But the Eastern Conference All-Stars in the NBA defeated the Western Conference All-Stars 211 to 186, the highest scoring NBA All-Star Game in league history. And I think the interesting part of this from the betting standpoint was this total got smashed to the under. We talked about this on Saturday, 364 and a half. It closed 352 and a half, and it damn near landed 400. What was your takeaway from seeing what we saw last night in the NBA All-Star game? Well, I didn't watch the game, but I was getting updates on my phone uh, during the game, and it was specifically because of that total. It had already come down with six points by the time we talked about it on Saturday, Femi, and then we heard about some six-figure bets that DraftKings had taken on the under. Good for them. Um, yeah. And then, like you said, close 352 and a half. I'm thinking about that WNBA All-Star game a few years ago when Metcalf oh, yeah. hung the total 51 points off what it closed. But that was a whole situation where he didn't understand yeah. that these girls got snubbed and they actually were there was some bad blood. Yeah. And they were, good, they were, they were playing, uh, playing for keeps in that game. Well, it was like a Team USA versus the All-Stars. Yeah, right. right. Like it was, the, it was the ones that got chosen for the Olympics versus the ones that <laughs> didn't is what it was. And, and uh yeah, it was like one of those Olympic tours in China. But uh, I saw the score in the first quarter, and I said, oh, my God, there's no shot this game is going to go. Yeah. I mean, even if they slow the pace of the second half, I, that was my whole thing. Will they get to 400? Yeah. But what's the low Almost score? Almost What's the low score? 90? Ooh, they had a down quarter. So I, I guess you take away a big weekend for, for Lillard. He defends his title. Yeah. He gets the MVP. And I thought um, the WNBA shooter was tremendous, the Romanian girl. I mean, Sabrina Ionescu. She, she, she matched the highest score of the men's game, shooting from the men's line. Now, she's a slightly smaller ball in the NBA, but you have to be impressed with her performance. Remember, I said, let's bet her if she's shooting from the WNBA yeah. line. Once she said, no, I'm going to shoot from the NBA line, I didn't think we could bet her. I wonder if she shot from that line. I mean, Steph obviously put up the best, the best number of the whole week in order to beat her, 29-26. Yeah. Yeah, Steph was sweating. He said yeah. that because Sabrina went first. And, and hey, who knows how this thing plays yeah. out if Steph has to go first and Sabrina goes second there. But she was able to get 26, which was the score to get into the finals for the uh, the actual three-point contest there. Steph Curry, though, the greatest shooter of all time. You figured he would come through, but it wasn't easy for those who laid. I think it closed minus 275, Steph Curry, to go ahead and beat Sabrina Ionescu. But it was, a, it was honestly probably the most fun the whole All-Star weekend had was that contest between Steph and Sabrina. Absolutely. And, you know, Kenny Smith made, made his comments known with Reggie. There's a lot of entertaining thoughts in this, this weekend. The, T, the TNT crew 
Everybody, everybody you. had an agenda this weekend in Indianapolis. I'm telling you that the drinks were flowing. They, <laughs> oh, yeah. had, to be, they had to be flowing with, with Kenny, Kenny Smith. And we usually don't get him in a free-form environment because it's a studio yeah. show and all that stuff. The man was out there for two and a half, three hours just <laughs> freelancing, man. What he was doing, the stuff that was said, I'm not going to repeat what he said, but go ahead and look it up on Twitter there. Reggie Miller having to kind of save him a little bit. But, uh, yeah, everybody has, and of course, Charles Barkley on the on the uh, the simulcast there for the All-Star game had some stuff to say about uh, the Bay Area, which I believe that's where the All-Star game will be next year for the NBA. But Damian Lillard, he went ahead and had 39 points. He won All-Star MVP. The favorite was Tyrese Halliburton because everybody was betting that angle of hometown kid. Like, he's going to want to go ahead and perform really well. Not the hometown kid, but at least plays for the Pacers. He had 32 points. I think a little bit of controversy. Some people thought Halliburton should have won it, but Damian Lillard gets the All-Star MVP. I was looking at the box score. 168 combined three-point attempts between the two teams. And this morning, everyone's having the discussion of how do we fix the All-Star game? Does it need to be fixed? Do we need to get rid of it? I don't know if it needs to be. Like, this is always what it's going to be, in my opinion. It's the guys don't really want to go out there and play hard because that's that's the fix is that, hey, just play hard, and then everything is, is, is gravy. But that's not going to happen. At least it doesn't seem like it will. Well, and the players come out and say it's just not a competitive atmosphere after the game. I think the problem... I wonder about control over that. And why the reaction is because Silver, Commissioner Silver, and Joe Dumars, who's his vice president, made a big point all year, we're going to be better. It's yeah. not going to be flat like it was in Salt Lake City. This is going to be a competitive product. Silver said it again Saturday night. It's going to be a great game tomorrow. And it was just more of the same. So either accept if it... If not worse. Accept it, or you're going to have to do some, maybe more incentives... Do you incentivize the the winning team with, with cash? I mean, that NBA in-season tournament they did, the 500,000, sure. They played defense for a couple weeks. They did. I it mean, was, it was that was fun. It was some of the best basketball <laughs> yeah. that we've ever seen in December. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was really good there. And, and maybe that's the case. But, I mean, these guys, they make so much money. It's like, how much money do you need to incentivize yeah. them for them to play hard? Like, if you say, hey, winning team gets 100K, they're like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, like all yeah. the guys were at the All-Star game. They're all making boatloads of money on those max contracts. I guess maybe you say a million dollars each for the winning team. Maybe that'll get guys to play hard. But I don't know what they can do for this thing. If anything, I was more so mad at the, the tip time, 845 Eastern, 545 West Coast time. That was a little bit rough for me. Like I said, I didn't stay up for the whole thing. And it doesn't sound like I missed a whole lot, honestly. I watched the first half of the game and realized, okay, this is what it's going to be. Let me just go ahead and uh, get some sleep for the show this morning. I think the three-point contest has just become the focal point, right? And now, and now with, uh, with Steph and Sabrina, maybe that was the highlight, the men's three-point contest. Does Caitlin Clark get involved next year, right? Everybody she, was saying. She'll be in the WNBA. Uh, maybe, they have a, maybe you have a bracket where her and Sabrina are on one side of it and Steph and somebody on the other. Yeah. Dude, that, that, that's fun, right? But again, they didn't have to start as late on Saturday. Right, start a little earlier in the afternoon. Right? You, 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 I know you don't want to go up against, but but for the most part on Saturday afternoons, the three o'clock window is the last big window Pacific time of, of of key college basketball. Yeah, it, it didn't make a whole lot of sense <laughs> to be starting this up very late there. The 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 contest that was bandied about was Steph and Dame against Sabrina and Caitlin, which I think that would be a whole mm. lot of fun. That'd be a lot yeah, of fun. It would do like almost like a tag team kind of situation there with that. But yeah, I. The NFL did away with the Pro Bowl game because that became an embarrassment. Nobody wanted to tackle. Nobody wanted to get hurt leading into the offseason and have to like rehab throughout their offseason. Guys want to go on vacation, which is understandable. Do you kind of go to gimmicks? Do you have the guys just, hey, let's have them play Horace. Let's have them play 21. Let's have them play knockout or bump, whichever you call it, wherever you're from. Like, let's have them play all these like kind of 
fun basketball game that we put a skills comp essentially yeah, right because like, maybe that would get it to become competitive and it's not going to be taxing for guys having to defend or switch on pick and rolls and do all the stuff that they don't want to do until regular season games but i don't know what you do if you're adam silver but he, even in the trophy presentation giving the trophy to Giannis, who was the captain of the eastern conference all-stars he didn't seem happy well <laughs> he scored the most points <laughs> He said, you scored the most oh, points. Oh, well, uh, here you go, Giannis and the and, East team. Anthony Davis said the highlight was the, the hype squads from the Pacers and the Bulls between the third and fourth quarter with their trampolines. He said that was impressive. It's it's really bad what has happened. Oh, and and uh, I just, like you said, you got to maybe incentivize these guys or just do away with the game altogether. But which would be unfortunate because I think this was – Growing up, this was always one of my favorite All-Star games. It probably, probably was my favorite All-Star game. Like, the baseball one, again, is the one that most resembles the actual game. But, I mean, it's July. I'm trying to go on vacation at that time. So, it's like the NBA All-Star game was really, like, it's, it was fun. And the games were, like, 130-something to 120-something. Now it's 211, 186. I grew up, you know, and I'm a little older than you, Femi, a little. But, it's you know, I, I grew up in, you know, coming of age in the early 80s. Right with Magic and and, and 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 Bird, and then Jordan coming in into the league, and those All Star games, and they mm-hmm. were actually trying to win, right? Yeah. And and you're right, it was one thirty four to one thirty two, and and you could you could actually bet on those games. They were going to try to win the game at the end. Yeah. It wasn't just going to be either a dunk or an open three. Yeah, I mean, everybody talked about how stacked the West roster was. Doesn't matter if they <laughs> <No>. don't care. <laughs> You know, and the roster was stacked like the West. I was like, man, this is a really impressive team that they've been able to put together on the Western Conference side. But clearly they had other interests and and the interest was not defending or winning the basketball game. The Eastern Conference wins at 211-186. But we're just getting warmed up here. This is President's Day. Do you have your President's Day notes locked and loaded, ready to go? Well, I have a few notes. You have a few maybe, notes? maybe we could get Saginaw's to make some cherry pie today for, for celebrating Washington. But I don't know. That seems to be a long shot right now. Can you send a text message? Yeah, I'll write to Paul Saginaw. <laughs> yeah, write to Paul Saginaw. We'll see if we can get something here cooking up on a President's Day. This is Follow the Money. We'll talk some NBA futures on the other side. We'll also recap the crazy weekend in college hoops. Down goes Purdue, Ohio State in the yeah. dead cat bounce spot. Knocks off the Boilermakers at home. We'll recap it all. This is Follow the Money on the DraftKings Network here on Visa. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. 
Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. You fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow the money. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Welcome back. This is our number two of Follow the Money here, presented by DraftKings. Coming to you from the Circle Resort and Casino as well. Femi Abebefe, alongside Mike Palm, the VP of Operations here at the Circle Resort and Casino. Fun first hour. If you missed it, make sure you check it out in podcast form. Just search Follow the Money wherever you get your podcast. And our first guest joining us this morning on this President's Day, our buddy Josh Applebaum, sports betting analyst here at VEASAN and DraftKings, host of the Morning Bets and Market Insights podcast. Josh, good morning. How are we doing today, man? Femi, Mike, doing great. And uh, I want to say, guys, it was nice to see you in your natural environment out there in Vegas. I usually see you guys online. And uh, Femi got to see you in the studio. Mike yep. got to see you at, at Radio Row. Uh, it's nice to uh, to see you guys again. Thank you, Josh. It was nice running into you. We had some great weekends together uh, with you remotely. Lombardi in line days, Lombardi Mike? line. Yeah. Lombardi <laughs> line days. I, I fondly recall those days uh, four or five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> four or five years ago. It was. Time, time flies. <laughs> time does fly when you're having fun here. Uh, well, Josh, let's get into your college basketball card here because you have a couple of bets here. Not the biggest card today, obviously, being a holiday and everything is a little bit more condensed, but you do have a play in the ACC between Virginia and Virginia Tech. Right now we're seeing the Hokies out to three-and-a-half-point favorites, the consensus number, the total 126-and-a-half here. What do you like? Yeah, Femi, two games for you. I got a big one here and then a very off-the-beaten-path one. Let's start with the big one. Obviously, you mentioned it, Virginia, Vatech. Second most heavily bet game of the night. Most heavily bet game is Iowa State and Houston. But this uva Vatech game really caught my eye for a couple of reasons. Right off the bat, guys, look who's favored in this game. It's not Virginia, who's 20-6 and six and ranked 21st. It's Vatech, who's 14-11 and 11 and unranked. By the way, Vatech has also lost four of their last five. UVA is red hot. They're 9-1 and one their last 10. So why on earth is Virginia Tech favored tonight? To me, that's an automatic sound the alarm. You know, just, just notice that right off the bat that the Ozmakers are favoring the team that, quote-unquote, isn't as good, worst record, hasn't been playing as well. Not only do we have the fishy opener uh, with Vatech opening around minus 2.5, but we've actually seen the line move further toward Virginia Tech. Minus 2.5 up to minus 3. You mentioned it, Fem. I'm seeing some books pop to minus three and a half right now. Mm-hmm. So that just uh, kind of builds upon this fishy situation in favor of Vatech. Again, something someone told me this a long time ago, but if it looks fishy, doesn't make sense. You want to be on that fishy side that doesn't make sense. That would be in favor of Virginia Tech tonight. Now, Vatech is only getting 45% of bets, but 71% of the money using our VEASAN.com bet splits from DraftKings. So it tells me, even though the public is saying 
layup of the century here, take that ranked team, uh, getting points here on the road. No, we're getting sharper money here with that low bets, higher dollar bet discrepancy in favor of the Hokies. Now, Virginia Tech, obviously we all know, you know, Virginia is all about the defense, but Virginia Tech, if they're going to win and cover this number, it's going to be on their offense. They're averaging 75 points a game versus 65 for Virginia. Offensive efficiency, 47th in the country versus 145 for uh, Virginia. They have the better effective field goal percentage. And here's a big one, Femi, free throw percentage. I haven't seen a discrepancy this wide in a long time. 80% from the line for the Hokies, only 64% for Virginia. So if this wow. becomes a tight game where you got to make your free throws, again, big edge here toward the Hokies. Now, Ken Palm does have Virginia Tech winning by three, so you're pretty much right on the number. It's not a big edge. I go money line in these spots. I know it's a little bit more expensive, minus 165. That's what I'm going to do just on the off chance. You know, Hokies only win by one, two, or three. You don't want to push or lose your bet, uh, so I'll go have them win the game. But here's the ultimate system match, guys. That fishy angle that I started with, when you see an unranked home favorite against a ranked opponent, they are 63 and 26 straight up 71% over the last two seasons. By the way, Vatek is 11 and two at home. Uh, and if you look at ACC conference home favorites, two teams from the ACC play each other, take the home favorite. It's 53 and 19 straight up 74% this year. This is also a revenge spot as Vatek did lose to Virginia 65, uh, 57 back in January. So it looks fishy, makes no sense. The line is continuing to go toward the fishy side. Give me Virginia Tech on the money line, guys. Minus 165. Now, speaking of Virginia's woes at the stripe, one for 11 on Saturday in a two-point victory where they were laying three. Our, our good friend Amal Shaw, that was yeah. the only loss in a parlay he had. Uh, and he could have pushed it if the 90% free throw shooter hits hits a free throw with six seconds left. All right, let's go to the big game in the southern part of the United States tonight. No, not at the Fertitta Center. But let's go to Hammond, Louisiana for a tilt in the Southland Conference. Lamar. At Southwest Louisiana, Southwest Louisiana, point and a half favorite, 144 and a half. Three weeks ago, Josh, when these teams met in Beaumont, Texas, Lamar covered, winning by 10 as a four and a half point home favorite. Yeah, Mike, I know you had this one circled. You woke up today and said, you know what? Nothing else matters except Lamar <laughs> in Southeast Louisiana. So I agree with you here. But this is right up my alley. I like Southeast Louisiana in this one. Another money line bet. They're, they're minus two, so it's kind of a short minus 130. But Joking, all jokes aside, you know, one thing I like, Mike, is when you have an added game, extra game that has a sharp line move or has any kind of line movement. You know, it might be an injury, but oftentimes it's going to be wise guys who cap these games that the public doesn't really care about. Uh, yet they see an edge based upon what they have versus what the odds makers have. So you mentioned this is a tiny game, added game, extra game, 306, 635, 306, 636. These are the games that the public doesn't care about. They don't know how to watch them. They don't even know how to bet them. Like if you go on your app, you're going to have to click an extra tab that says more NCAB or extra NCAB. So just the fact that they're hard to find and the public has no interest, I love seeing a line move because it tells me that pros have targeted it, even though it may not be very popular. And that's exactly what happened. Southeast Louisiana, this game opened out of Pickham, guys. It's up to minus two. Around 60% bets, but more than 70% of the money is on Southeast Louisiana. Uh, Southeast Louisiana is hot right now. They've won six straight. This is a revenge game. As you mentioned, Mike, they lost by 10 earlier this year against Lamar. Now, Ken Palm only has Southeast Louisiana winning by one point. So that's why I like to go money line in this spot. But also, guys, aside from the obscure line move in an added game, extra game, home road splits. They're so important in college. I think in the pros, you know, home road, home field advantage, home court, whatever you want to call it, it gets a little bit overvalued. The public thinks it's a huge advantage. Mike, you know this in Femi, you know, used to be three points NFL. Maybe it's like mm -hmm. one and a half, two now. In college, though, I think it does make a big difference. These are not professionals. They're not adults. They're kids. It's hard to travel. It's hard to go into a, a new a new arena and come out with a win or a cover. And if you look at these home road records, like 
majority of teams in college are winning at home and losing on the road. It's not rocket science here, but Southeast Louisiana is eight and two at home. Lamar is two and 10 on the road. So if we have this random game that no one's interested in, and yet we're seeing a line move, I got to go with that move. Give me Southeast Louisiana on the money line at minus 130. Yeah, home road splits has been the story of college basketball so far this season. Nobody seems to be able to win on the road, as we saw with <laughs> Purdue yesterday in Columbus against Ohio State. We're hanging out with Josh Applebaum, sports betting analyst here at VEASAN and DraftKings, host of the Morning Bets and the Market Insights podcast. Well, Josh, let's turn our attention to baseball. Pitchers and catchers, they've been at spring training for about a week now. The Arizona Diamondbacks are an interesting team. The market didn't really like them last year heading into the postseason. They go all the way to the World Series, losing to the Texas Rangers. Now I'm looking at their futures prices, 35-1 to 1 to win the World Series. Do you think that the D-backs are being a little bit disrespected and undervalued by the betting market? I think they are, Femi, and you you and I were talking, you know, right before we started here that, you know, I would be a little cautious with a lot of MLB win totals right now just because there are so many free agents who haven't signed. Scott Boris is a big reason for that. I mean, you still have Snell out there, Montgomery, Cody Bellinger. So, again, if these guys sign, it could really affect the way you approach these teams. Also, spring training injuries. You know, we see, you know, guys get hurt now and then. So I'm a little cautious. Usually at this point, I'll have a few win totals, a few futures. I only have one for you, but I really like it. And it's Arizona Diamondbacks over 83 and a half wins Femi uh, remember last year obviously of course they go to the World Series they lose to the Rangers uh, but they won 84 games last year their win totals 83 and a half can they basically be the same team if not better than last year and I think they can first off if you look at the juice on the D-backs win total it's 83 and a half over minus 120 at DraftKings it was even uh, or is minus 110 you know about a month ago when the or you know a few weeks ago when these lines came out so similar to like betting NFL win totals I look at juice movement on totals it kind of pulls back the curtain gives you an indicator of where that early money is going or more importantly where the next move might be might go so I'm thinking if you wait too long maybe this D-backs total gets to 84 but I hit the over 83 and a half Femi and really what I'm looking at is continuity off-season additions, and can your young players uh, progress and continue to get better? And I think this is a team that can check off those boxes. I mean, you didn't really lose anyone from last year's team, but you added quite a bit. You added Jock Peterson, guy who can you know bring some thunder to the middle of your lineup. Eugenio Suarez replacing Evan Longoria. Longoria, you know, great player 10 years ago, uh, good clubhouse guy, but to me, that's a big advantage. Suarez in for Longoria. Uh, they just signed Randall Gritchick, guy who's been who's been hurt, but he can give you some uh, some home runs as well. And they re-signed Lordy's Guriel, so their offense is right where it was last year. You're looking on the growth of Corbin Carroll, who was Rookie of the Year, and of course uh, Moreno, their really good catcher. And then if you look at the pitching staff, they were good anyway. Gallon, Kelly, Fott, the young kid, and then they add Erod, a lefty. You have a lot of uh, you know good bullpen arms as well. They're actually the fifth best ERA for bullpen last year. And here's where I'm in uh, Tori Lovello too. He used to be a Red Sox uh, you know bench coach. He's done a really good job out there in Arizona. So continuity, building of your young players adding off-season additions. And then, guys, you know I got to give you a data angle here. Pakoda. I know you guys uh, track your Pakoda rate, uh, projections on, from baseball perspectives. That's the most valued, basically, projection, kind of the Ken Palm of MLB. They're pretty accurate when it comes to their projections. They're projecting the Arizona Diamondbacks with 85.2 wins. So if we're getting the same team as last year with more additions, you can build upon that momentum from last year going to the World Series and the number one analytics have you winning 85.2 games. I'm going over 83 and a half, guys. Uh, give me that over for the D-backs. Josh, we got about a minute. Team with a similar win total than Ashley, Cubs at 84 and a half. How important is the change in managers? Cubs sign Craig Council, lose Ross. I, I bet the Rangers last year win total over, but I didn't bet them in the future markets. I think people or the public didn't appreciate how much Bochi 
coming to that team meant for a team like the Cubs, how much do you upgrade them off council being their manager? Yeah, Mike, you could talk me into that over. I mean, obviously, uh, Council got a ton of money. Just shows the respect that the industry has for him overall. My question is, losing Cody Bellinger, can you bring him back? I know they brought in uh, Imaga, the lefty from Japan. They got a good young core here. And again, that division isn't that strong. You know, the Cardinals aren't what they used to be. So I could be enticed by that over. Maybe we'll catch a game at Wrigley. What do you say, guys? Let's do it. Awesome. Hey, I've never been. So I'd Draft, love to DraftKings has a beautiful <laughs> bar and grill right there, right next to Wrigley. DraftKings, send me out there. I'll do some work. <laughs> Might do a little bit more eating and drinking, but I'll do a little bit of work. He is Josh Applebaum, VSIN and DraftKings betting analyst. Also, check out the Morning Bets and Market Insights podcast. Josh, good luck with the bets, man. Always good to catch up. Bet me, Mike. Great seeing you guys. Thanks, Josh. Good stuff there from Josh. Yeah, the NL Central is the division to attack. The... Do you ever take a flyer on the Brewers? I know they lost Council. No. Do you... Just no. I think they've like been waving the white flag when they, they let Hader go. It's like. To me, that organization uh, got some young talent, a little though. slide, a little bit of a slide. We'll see. All right, we'll be back on the other side. This is Follow the Money. Start your morning with a daily dose of winning strategies, insider tips, and the latest buzz with the free VSIN Daily Newsletter. In today's newsletter, Steve Mackinnon, Stevie Mack, he wrote his preview and prediction for the rain-delayed Daytona 500. Make sure you check that out as well. Some of the other best bets that we have in the Daily Newsletter, it's for free. You should go ahead and check that out. Get expert analysis and the latest odds delivered straight into your inbox. Visit vsin.com slash newsletter to subscribe. Welcome back. This is Follow the Money, hanging out with you guys at the Circle Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Abebefe, Mike Palm here on this President's Day and joining us now to help us break down the Daytona 500, the great American race, the one and only Stephen Young of Motorsports RG Network, host of the Morning Grind podcast over at Roto Grinder. Stephen, we appreciate you taking the time here this morning. You're in Daytona right now. We got boots on the ground. What's the weather like? Obviously, rained all day yesterday. What will the conditions be like? when the uh, drivers get out there on the on the on the track yeah i think it started raining around three o'clock on saturday and hasn't stopped so um it's, <laughs> it's been a long weekend but yeah i mean right now it looks like the weather's almost through it's gonna be i mean i think it's gonna be good good weather for racing we're gonna be pretty sunshines and um yeah i mean overall i don't think it's gonna change the racing too much um we're going to see a little bit more night racing later on tonight. And with that, maybe a little bit more handling in these cars, which I mean, is definitely going to lead to more aggressiveness from drivers. Even traditionally Daytona has not been good to bet favorites at what makes this racetrack so favorable to the longer shots. What makes it so much different than the other tracks in the series? I mean, a lot of the favorites will try to run up towards the front and get stuck middle of the pack. And a lot of the issues happen in the front and the middle of the pack. So, I mean, it's, it's more of just getting unlucky where the wrecks happen because I mean, you, you have to kind of find that balance of being enough of an aggressive driver to win the race, but also avoiding the mess. So, I mean, that's what typically leads to the longer shots, having more, more shots at a track like Daytona and Talladega. Do you think that'll still be the case, Stephen, given the conditions that it'll be a little bit more slick or should the track be pretty much dried out by the time we actually race and it'll go off as normal? Oh, yeah, I think that the, the track's not going to be a concern. Um, if anything, it's going to have more grip because it's it's cooler down here in Daytona now. And, you know, when we have cooler weathers, we get more grip on this type of racetrack. 
Stephen, we continue to see more and more options evolve for, for betting on these races, top three, top five, top 10. How much of your bankroll do you typically devote to those type of props as opposed to just straight picking a winner? Yeah, so, I mean, at like a racetrack like Daytona, bankroll management is so important because anything can happen and the fastest car doesn't always mean anything. So I think bankroll management is the most important part. And, you know, at a track like Daytona, I will bet like one to three units um, total on like eight to ten outrights and just make sure that I'm, you know, trying to double or triple my money depending on who wins the race. And, you know, top ten markets, are something that I really like at Daytona and then top five markets on regular racetracks is one of my favorite bets. We're hanging out with Stephen Young here, host of the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast, breaking down the Daytona 500 on Follow the Money. Well, looking at the market right now, the outright market to win. Denny Hamlin is the favorite at eight to one. Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, nine to one. You get Chase Elliott, Brad Keselowski at twelve to one. Where are you going with the outright market here? Because I know a lot of our listeners and viewers are going to want, hey, I want to bet on somebody to win the race. Where would you recommend they put their money? Yeah, I mean, the outright market, you needed to bet like two weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that is, that's where all the value is when it comes to betting at Daytona, is betting as soon as the lines drop. You know, like you said, Joey Logano is 9-1. to one. I bet him two weeks ago at 14-1. to one. So, you know, the closing value on somebody like Logano or Hamlin or those guys is just incredible. Like, even a few days ago, you were able to get Truex at like 25-1, to one, and he's like 17-1 to one on both books now. So... You know, outright market has changed a lot. There's still a couple um, that I really like, and I think that there's still a little bit of value. But, I mean, you're looking more in, like, head-to-head matchups, group bets, top 10 bets right now because the value in the outright market has just kind of shrunk. Let's talk about one of your top 10 bets, Anthony Alfredo at 5-1. to one. Yeah, so Anthony Alfredo is running for Beard Motorsports in this race, and Beard Motorsports historically is a team that will kind of sit back in these races and try to keep the car clean. And that's all we're looking for in a top 10 bet. You know, Brendan Gaughan, Noah Grace, and Austin Hill, these guys have run this car in the last five Daytona races. And we have three top 10s in the last five races for Beard Motorsports. And even if we look back to Brendan Gaughan, early Beard Motorsports days, he has an 11th, a 7th, a 12th. So he's all over that top 10. No, with, Anthony Alfredo in this car, he's not running for points. He's not going to get up there and mix it around in the stages. He's going to kind of try to keep this car clean until the end. So I, I like the top 10 odds for him. Some books have moved this to like 350. You can still get it at plus 500 on some books. And I think that the value is in that like four to one, five to one range. Um, fair market value on my model is closer to three and a half. So I think you want to shop this one around and try to get it at four to five to one. How about David Reagan right now? I know you have a top 10 on him. What do you like about him uh, in today's setup? Uh, this might, I might have way too much money invested in David Reagan this weekend. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, again, this is another situation of a driver not running for points. He's in a third Roush Fenway Keselowski car. It's going to have plenty of speed. But this is a guy that, again, has kind of sat back in the Daytona races and waited for all the mayhem to happen and, you know, drive to the front towards the end. And he's finished inside the top 10 in three of the last four races here. And it's just because he's not a full-time driver and because the market is just fantastic on David Reagan. So, you know, we're looking at a guy that opened for a top 10 at like three plus three sixty. 
we're still getting value on him. I'm showing value until almost like 250 on David Reagan. So his top 10 is something that I really like. And like I said, I probably have way too much money invested in him. I, you know, those, you know, those uh, bonus bets that we get sometimes um, I'd be very happy if David Reagan won the Daytona 500 today. (laughs) When you mentioned sprinkling around some outright money, one of uh, the drivers you've chosen is Ross Chastain at 25 to one. Yeah, so you just have to again have that that it factor and that aggressive factor to win this race. And like we'll see guys kind of sit back and they'll be there at the end of the race and then they'll finish like eighth uh, because they still don't have the aggressiveness to finish the race with the aggressiveness to win the race. So Ross Chastain, not only is he somebody that has the aggressiveness, but he's selfish. He doesn't care. He's going to get up there. He's one of the most aggressive drivers in the field. So. This opened at like 28 to one. My model showing 22 to one as fair value for him, and it's still 25 to one on most books. So you can, I think there's a couple places you can still get it at the opening 28 to one. So the fact that he struggled a little bit in the duels is helping us with his market a little bit. But yeah, Ross Chastain, again, we want that aggressive. He has an average finish of like 20th at Daytona. So when we look at the numbers, you know, you just kind of throw those out of the market and just look at how aggressive and how selfish he can be to win this race. Before we let you go here, Steven, all bets aside, I know you bet on Chastain. You got Logano at a better price than currently available in the market. All bets aside, who do you ultimately think wins this Daytona 500? Uh, Such a tough question because it literally could be any of the 40 drivers. Um, We say that and you go to like a racetrack like Las Vegas and I think there's three to five drivers that have a chance to win. But when you go to Daytona, I think any of the 40 drivers can win. I mean, after watching the duels and practice and just being here all week, I think it's going to be a Toyota. Uh, I don't know. I would really love to see Martin Truex. He has what 70 plus super speedway races and he hasn't, you know, finished with a, a win yet. So I would love to see Truex win. It'd be really cool to see like Ty Gibbs get his first win in the Daytona 500 and just, you know, he's someone that we were talking about season long odds of getting half a win um, is over on that. And the Toyotas just look so strong. So, I mean, if I had to pick a favorite Toyota, it'd obviously be Denny Hamlin because he's just so good at this racetrack. But mm-hmm. I'm hoping it's somebody like Truex or Ty Gibbs. Yeah, Truex right now, 18 to 1. Ty Gibbs, 22 to 1 currently over at DraftKings. He is Stephen Young here. Make sure you check out all of his work over at the Morning Grind podcast for Roto Grinders, also head of Motorsports for RG Network. Stephen, we appreciate it. Stay dry out there. Hopefully, we get this thing off ready to go later on this afternoon and be well and good luck with the bets, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Good stuff there from Stephen Young. And that's been kind of the, the consensus is that, hey, this is a wide open. Anybody can win this. I mean, our own Steve Mackinan in his preview, he, he's, he's, he wrote this. I'll read this, what he wrote. He said, I'll tell you straightforward as betters that there is no track nor race in which it is more favorable to bet underdogs as evidenced by the winners of the last three races, Ricky Stenhouse last year, and then Austin Sindrick in 2022, and Michael McDowell in 2021. All three went up at higher than 30 to 1 to win those events. Yeah, he also mentioned Hamlin as having the best track record at at yeah. daytona although the favorite although uh it was 2019 and 20 where he won it and he and he lists a, a handful of long shots as well to look at 
maybe throw some flyers out there for Daytona 500 today because uh, it sounds like this thing is open to anybody to go ahead and take it home. Uh, also, speaking of wide open, we had another long shot win in golf yesterday, the Genesis invite. We'll recap that on the other side and I'll reveal who I have bet on to win the Masters next here on Follow the Money. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Welcome back. It is our number three of Follow the Money coming to you from the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Palm, the VP of Operations here at Circa. We are. Presented by DraftKings here, hour number three. It's been a fun show. Two hours down, one to go. Uh, make sure you check out the rest of the show if you missed it in podcast form. Search Follow the Money wherever you get your podcast. We talked with Josh Applebaum, the Morning Bets and Market Insights podcast, broke down his college basketball plays. He also a regular season win total in Major League Baseball. He likes the Diamondbacks over 83 and a half regular season wins. And then in hour number two, we spoke with Stephen Young, host of the Morning Grind podcast over at Roto Grinders to discuss the Daytona 500. Like some long shots and some plus money prices in the top 10 markets. So uh, make sure you go ahead and check that out. It's the Great American Race, and it gets underway 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific time. But uh, we wanted to start hour number three here with a little bit of NBA MVP discussion since we've now reached the all-star break here. A few days until we get back and resume the final third of the regular season. Thursday, we'll have a full slate of association basketball here. But 
I have a bet in the NBA MVP market that we talked about in hour number one, but I do want to bring it back here for our hour number three audience here because I think the point that I want to get across here for this market is that I believe in my heart of hearts, despite what the ESPN Tim Bontemp straw poll revealed last week, I think we have a sort of a false favorite here in Nikola Jokic at minus 140. And I think you can kind of just choose your fighter with whichever guy you want to kind of use to take a shot at Jokic, who has won a couple of MVPs in the past. My thesis, I guess, working with this MVP market is that the straw poll was done close enough to Embiid becoming ineligible to where in a lot of voters' mind, they just said, hey, well, I don't really know who I would vote for, but right now I'll just say Jokic because he's the best player in the league, he's playing on a really good team, and he's won the award a couple times. I think that's kind of was the sentiment behind the straw poll and why Jokic got so much support. I believe it was 69 first place votes for Nikola Jokic, right now is minus 140 over at DraftKings. Right behind him, you have Shea Gilgis-Alexander of the Oklahoma City Thunder at plus 210. Giannis is at 8-1. to He's won two MVPs. Luka and the surging Dallas Mavericks, who have won six straight games heading into the All star break he's at 11 to 1 jason tatum is at 25 to 1 Kawhi leonard at 50 to 1 on the clippers and then jalen brunson 70 to 1 donovan mitchell devin booker 150 to 1 those guys i think are non-factors in this discussion but to me i think the working premise whichever guy you like the the big takeaway in this market for me is that i think we have a false favorite in Jokic. and so you're going to try to beat Jokic. now you yep. talked about jason tatum mm-hmm. adding jason tatum to your portfolio but it, you do have several other players you've bet at different times, right? Yes. Yeah. What would be your most live ticket outside of, of, of Tatum right now? I think it's – I would guess Luka mm-hmm. if Dallas can get into the top six. Because right now when you look at the standings, I believe they're the seventh seed in the Western Conference. Yeah, they're the seventh seed. They're a game behind their division foe, the New Orleans Pelicans. I think if they get into the top six or maybe even – the top five, if they're able to get ahead of Phoenix, I don't think they'll ever crack the top four. They're too far behind with not as many games left. But I think if they can get to the five seed and they're surging down the stretch, maybe they only lose about six, seven games. I think Luka could be pretty live to win it. Do you think there's Jokic fatigue from voters? I do. I do think there's a little bit of fatigue. And I also think that Jokic doesn't care to win this anymore. And we saw last year the way he ended, because this time last year he was a favorite to win it. Once again, the straw poll said he was going to win again. And then Kendrick Perkins said what he said, and things kind of shifted. But then also the way that Jokic played in the final month of the season, he seemed like he was on cruise control, keeping his eye focused towards the playoffs and saying, all right, I just want to be healthy. And when we get to the playoffs, that's when I'll dominate. I think that's where we're going to run up on once again here. I don't think Denver is really like gunning for the one seed. They've won the title. They know what it takes. They don't need home court advantage. They would like it, I'm sure. But I don't see them being this team that's going to be gung-ho to like, hey, we want to get the top seed in the Western Conference playoffs. Has Gilgis Alexander done enough to put his name amongst the very superstars in the game to win this award? In, In other words, I always think that there has to be some tail to what you're doing to this too, right? That a player just doesn't come out of not being considered a top 15 player and win an MVP award unless the stats are so exceptional and his team wins over 60 games to steal an award like this. Yeah, the only time that's ever happened, I think, was Derrick Rose when he won MVP, and that was kind of more so a, we don't like you, LeBron James, yeah. for leaving <laughs> Cleveland. So they, and, and they won 60-plus games, so yeah. they gave Derrick Rose the MVP. I think SGA has done enough. I mean, he finished fifth in the MVP voting last year. He was all NBA first team last year. I think in the minds of voters, he's good enough to win this award. 
I think the, the problem that he has, though, is that he plays in Oklahoma City to where this isn't 1990 where, like, oh, nobody watches Oklahoma City. But I do oh. think that they don't have that many national TV games compared to a Milwaukee or a Dallas or a Boston with Jason Tatum or even a, a, a Clippers with Kawhi. Like, they're just not seen on that stage because they're sort of a, a younger team. If you have a league pass, which a lot of the voters do have, of course, but if you have league pass, you're watching some Oklahoma City Thunder. But the national conversation is never about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, I don't know if I've watched three games of the Oklahoma City Thunder this year. Exactly. Right? I just I just haven't. So it doesn't catch you. I've been trying to watch a little more Minnesota, mm-hmm. obviously watching the Clippers, and Cleveland are the teams that I've kind of been focused on here in, 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 the, in the last bit. So I couldn't tell you a lot about that team other than that what their record is and, and that the coach was the favorite. Um, so to your point about awareness yeah. uh, and national awareness on that front i think that's 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 tough as well and then i i just think as milwaukee continues to struggle it makes it harder and harder for Giannis, especially giving up so many points uh and having and and having you know you get your coach fired i mean i don't care i mean obviously he gave the blessing to that move although that was his guy uh i i think all those things become a a a factor in the voting as well i'd go as far as to say i'd cross Giannis off I would. He's won a couple times. There's a little bit of fatigue there. We all know he's a great player, probably the second best player in the NBA. But like you said, who's winning MVP in a year where their coach gets fired in this season? <laughs> like that just seems like, I don't think the voters can square with that sort of narrative there. And like, it's like the vibes in Milwaukee aren't good. Doc Rivers is already complaining about stuff about, hey, I want to take over the team after the all-star break. It's like just nobody really wants to really buy into this bucks thing so um something that is subjective like voting on an award i think that's where he would lose out any sort of tiebreaker he would have to just be five to ten times better than everyone else which is unlikely with the amount of games that we have left here in this nba season so to me because i i wouldn't cross Jokic off i just don't think he's gonna win i think Jokic is very live to finish top three like he'll be top three on the ballots for a lot of people I just don't think he's going to get enough support to win just because they're not going to gun for it. And I think he just feels like a placeholder right now for a lot of people who are sort of confused on where to go post Embiid being ineligible. SGA 100% can win this award. Luka has an outside chance. I do think that Tatum and and Kawhi have outside chances as well. Now, the Tatum price has come down drastically. from I bet some 100 to 1 Mm -hmm. and I bet some 50 to 1. DraftKings now has them at 25. I think that's a little bit short. Like, at that point, I'd just rather bet Joe Mazzulla to win Coach of the Year than Tatum at 25-1 to 1 to win MVP. But if you can find some 40s that are still out there in the market, uh, like I think BetMGM here in Nevada has uh, a 40-1. to 1. There's other 40-1s to 1s as well on Jason Tatum. I think that's a little bit interesting just given the fact that his case is different than everyone else's case, which I think is what really matters in awards markets when it's very subjective. Tatum's case is he's the best player on a team that might win 65-66 games. SGA's case is that he has this young team that he's the leader of. He has the advanced numbers and all that stuff. But all these other guys are sort of advanced number cases. Tatum's is more of the best player, best team, which is different than anyone else's case, which is why I think that while he might be fifth or fourth on a lot of ballots right now, he has the upside, like a Lamar Jackson in the NFL MVP, to ultimately win the award because he has a unique case of being on a really great regular season team. I know it's 200 to 1, but it surprises me that Sabonis is a top 10 consideration for MVP. He got a vote in the straw poll. I, I, I didn't anticipate that. It's, 
I had a debate when on Wednesdays on Sharp Money when I did the debate segment where one of, one of Dustin's questions at the time was who's the most overrated player in the NBA, and I had him amongst the ones I was considering giving as an answer. I always mm-hmm. prepared like three answers in case my opponent had a different answer. I ended up on DeMar DeRozan. But, yeah, he's uh, pretty overrated. Like in 11 of 12 years, his teams are better when he's off the floor than when he's on. I mean, what? I mean, that, that's amazing to me. He just makes a handful he, of clutch shots, and all of a sudden people say, great hey, ISO guy. I mean, but but... No defense, doesn't shoot a three. Um, and so, I His mean, game was built for 2004. Yeah. <laughs> Stats don't lie. <laughs> they don't lie. They don't lie. He's, I've never thought of DeRozan as like yeah. a really good player. Really good? Never. Uh, <laughs> Mitchell at 151. I know some people have made that case. Cleveland's been surging. They've won nine of 10. They're the two seed in the Eastern Conference. He's gotten MVP votes in the past, but I just. I don't see it. I think Cleveland also, they'll cool off a little bit heading down the stretch. I don't, I don't foresee them playing at this sort of a pace that they've been playing at since January. Uh, Booker never. Uh, I don't even know if people think he's the best player on his team. Durant's still there. Brunson for a second there, I thought he had a chance, but then he had the injury. Then his kind of case sort of cooled off. But I'll just say this. With awards markets, you want to listen to what people are saying. And two of the more influential voices in NBA discussions and NBA discourse, Stephen A. Smith and Kendrick Perkins, have both said right now they would vote for Jason Tatum at the top of their ballots. So I think that's why you've seen the price crash down to 25 to 1. I think it's just something to quote-unquote monitor as we continue through the final third of the regular season. But I do believe that Jason Tatum is a little bit more live than what the market is consensus-wise. DraftKings, I think, has it right, but the consensus price on Tatum is around that 40 to 1 range. I think he's more likely than 40 to 1 to win MVP. Do you have any team tickets, Femi, to win win the West, the East, or the title? I had Sixers 8 to 1 <laughs> from, like, yeah. November, yeah. and that's that's now <laughs> cooked, <laughs> at least as of right now, with Joel Embiid, but nothing on the Western Conference. I've entertained maybe, maybe a little bit of Golden State Warriors. Haven't quite been able to pull the trigger on that one yet. Haven't clicked the button, but the way the Warriors ended the uh, the, the, I guess, first half of the regular season. I think that they could be a team that really ascends now that Draymond's back. Kaminga's now in a more uh, prominent role. And, hey, Podzemski, the, the rookie, is giving them some good minutes as well as, obviously, Seth Curry being the guy that he is. So uh, that's where we sit right now in the National Basketball Association. On the other side, we'll break into that Western Conference and also break down more of the uh, NHL card as well here on Follow the Money. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 